there, there are a few black riders around, but there's only a few that are willing to put their head above the parapet, you know, mm -hmm. and be like, woohoo, look at me, you know, this, this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, for whatever reasons, I, that, that's up to them. But I think at the moment, with everything that's happened recently, I think it's quite important that, you know, we in the minority put a hand up and say, you know, I am an equestrian, I, you know, we are doing this. I am. I am a young. I am a young. I am. And I am a young black. A young black. Young black. A young black. Black. Black equestrian. 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 Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. I'm a young black equestrian. I am a young black equestrian. Jara Brown says the Young Black Equestrians podcast is so inspirational, not only for young people, but to a middle-aged woman like me. These two women are hard workers who had a dream and have made it into a reality. I'm so excited to follow their journey and those of the youngsters whose lives they will certainly impact. Dream big and reach for the stars. Thank you so much, Jara. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Young Black Equestrians with your hosts, Abriana Johnson and Caitlin Gooch. We have with us today another Young Black Equestrian from across the pond, Ashley. Hey, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank hey, you hey. All right. Well, we have been starting off our episodes with sharing something that we are thankful for. So Ashley, do you want to start and share something you're thankful for today? Um, I am thankful for this experience, getting to meet you guys and, you know, just my health and all the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good one, I guess. Very good things to be thankful oh, for. Oh, thank you. I know. <laughs> what about you, Caitlin? I'm thankful for this plant. Um, it started off as two leaves and it has a, it has a root now and it's longer. So I'm happy. My loctician, she let me cut it off of one of her plants and I've always wanted one like this. So I'm excited. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. We're going to have to do like a whole side thing on how you can just regrow plants from clipping <laughs> other plants. Like right. magical. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, today, I am thankful for. I I am thankful for the the power of manifesting. Um, specific example: Caitlin and I have a running list, which Ashley was on, of people that we would love to talk to, and uh, this morning I woke up to an email from someone on the list and like it was just like yes like how did you know that that person just us putting him down on well in my notes section of the phone uh putting it down and and it just made it a reality and it's kind of been uh that that has kind of been our testimony for 2020 you know writing this stuff down mm -hmm. it, it happened so that was just another form of 
validation for that concept, like manifesting the things that you want. So let me just write down like Obama and uh, The Rock, <laughs> like Jamie Foxx. Like, let's just write some more of these people down and make it happen. <laughs> the Rock is on my vision board, so. Yeah, you know, <laughs> 2021, you, we will be there, I'm sure. <laughs> But all right, let's go ahead and hop into our episode. Ashley, tell us about you, where you're located, what you do, all the things. Okay, so I am from a little town called Bradford-on-Avon um, in England. It's near Bath, the city of Bath. Mm-hmm. Some people say Bath, some people say Bath. It's really like... <laughs> yeah, it depends on where I you're from. from. Yeah. Um, and it was sort of predominantly a white area. Um, and yeah, me and my sister, my parents, they're still together. So yeah, we grew up and I still live quite close to there now. Mm-hmm. So how did, um, you get, how did you even get into horses? So my parents were working all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a good excuse for them to have us go and do something at the weekends you know, sort of while they're busy working. So we used to just go off with one of their friends and ride their horse. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. it just all went from there. That was, I was thinking I was about eight years old. And then I progressed onto games ponies, uh, doing Prince Philip Cup, Jim Carner games and all that. Mm-hmm. And then um, a funny story, one of the ponies that I used to ride was half blind. So blind in one eye, actually. It was blind in the right eye. And it was 30 years old. So I had to, they, they used to put me as the last person. So that, because I couldn't change over to anybody, because we couldn't go in a straight line back to the finish line, we would always sort of veer off to the left. Yeah. So, yeah, that I started on quite difficult ponies, but, and then just progressed onto thoroughbreds. So yeah. Or more difficult ponies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, you know, I love a challenge. I absolutely love a challenge. And I think that's that's why I ended up working with the racehorses and the thoroughbreds, because they are a challenge. They won't tell you what's wrong. You know, they're, they're you have to work them out. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. And I work, I do a bit of work for a school because I, so what happened was I was working in racing and um, I had a skin condition. I had really bad eczema and it just would not get better no matter what and I was riding probably about six horses a day and then after that we'd have then nine horses to groom look after and depending on what the weather was like I just wasn't getting a break from my skin um, and I just had to sort of knock it on the head and say I've got to do something different and that's then when I went working in schools so I work with kids with autism and Asperger's. Um, I've worked with, uh, in an all boys residential school, um, sort of behavioral issues, the naughty boys school, if you like. Um, and then from there, I went on to working for a charity called Key for Life. And that's where I worked with the horses, music, the sport, um, to help get young offenders engaged and uh, hopefully sort of into employment or sort of meaningful activity. Yeah, yeah. Tell us tell us more about that. Like, how did you 
incorporate all those things together and what kind of transformations did you see? Um, so I, I learned a lot from the horses. Um, I, you know, they, they won't tell you what's wrong. You, you, like I said, you've got to work it out, but I just, I had all the patience in the world for the horses and I was able to see working in the charity, how the horses, um, they demanded respect without demanding respect. They demand respect. They require respect. Right. Mm -hmm. You can have all these guys coming down from London, you know, knife crime. They've done this. They've done that. You know, gang, gang, and all. you put them near a horse. Most of the time, they were petrified, and they couldn't put the front on. They had to drop the, their guard and be vulnerable for a bit. You know, and in front of a group of other people. And I think. When I saw the change and the kind of okay, take a step back and let's let's realise that I'm not in control of this situation. When you see that, it was just like okay, yeah. No matter how much people try to talk to people and help them, I think sometimes a horse is just the best tool mm -hmm. because it doesn't actually require words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You're right. You use your body language. Um, and you have to pay attention to the horse's body language because something could happen and a horse react. And like you said, they're not going to tell you what yeah. they're reacting to. You just have to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's boundaries, isn't it? It's, it's mm -hmm. sort of like knowing where you're putting yourself, not getting too close before you're allowed into their space and vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think that is that is so important going back to what you said you know like horses require respect you know it's self-preservation for the person and the horse you know yeah. to have to have those boundaries and to have that understanding you know like if you enter my space like you you are asking something mm -hmm. of me and if i'm not ready for that yeah. you will know <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that yeah. and that I mean, that helps. That helps with like body autonomy and like understanding your, your place kind of yeah. in this, in this world. So I love that, you know, having that vulnerability from these kids that, that have to put up a front, you know, yeah. as like a survival instinct sometimes. I think for, for me as well, it was quite nice. I, cause we would meet them at the train station and then bring them to the horses. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of them would have assumed that they would have been meeting white people mm. to go and deal with the, you know, to deal with the horses. So mm. when I pull up, <laughs> I'm like, hi. And then I say, yeah, yeah, I used to ride racehorses. All of a sudden they're like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And then, yes, they're surprised because everybody seems to be surprised when a black person says, oh yeah, I ride horses, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But you almost see that kind of, oh, okay, yeah, this is, this is, yeah, I could do this. You can, you can see that in them, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So it was nice to be there and see the, the change because some of them would not get anywhere near them mm -hmm. and just would not drop their guard. But by the end of the day, they were, they were riding the horse. Mm -hmm. You, um, you said that you would meet them at the train station. Is where the facility was, I guess, is far from where the children actually live? 
these these were um, men between the ages of 18 and 30 um, when I worked in the charity Um, and they'd come down from London they'd come down from Bristol all over the place we we had different programs Um, so the train station was probably about 20 minutes away from where we were uh, near Glastonbury actually so you've heard of Glastonbury Festival so it's never heard of Glastonbury Festival no you have to google it now (laughs) okay I'm gonna write that down do you know how to spell it because I don't Glastonbury (laughs) if you get it near enough it will take you straight there like Glastonbury not that I've been there though I must say (laughs) so you don't um I guess work with the charity anymore no um I'm still I'm still in contact. Um, there's one young man in particular that I worked quite closely with and he went from a hostel in London um, and he was saying, I don't want to be in the city anymore. I want to live in the countryside. And I was like, okay, well, let's do it. Oh, if, if that's what you want and, that I tr- and I truly believe he wanted that. So we went through... Um, a couple of organisations and he did 12 weeks at the racing college um, in Doncaster, which is like four hours away from where I live. Um, and then he come back down and he graduated and everything. He spent a year in a, in a sort of well-known racing yard in Somerset. Mm-hmm. And he's now in another place in, um, oh, I forgot the name, Lambourne. So he's, you know, his whole life has changed. Yeah. So for that reason, I'm still sort of in contact a little bit. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love I the guys gonna, there. They're brilliant. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had like kept contact with anyone or if, if if anyone seemed to, you know, not only have a transformation, but spark an interest, like I would love to do this. I would love to work with horses. Did you yeah. see any of that? Hundred percent. This, this lad that I'm talking about, he, he met the horses once mm-hmm. and he was the one that had this experience. Unfortunately, I didn't see it. I was down somewhere else, but I was around, but I didn't see it. But the other guys, the more sort of leader type people in the group, saw the change in, in, you know, in the connection. And that was what kind of triggered it for the rest of them to think, <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I see it now. Um, and then, from then on, he was just like, I, I want to work with horses and I want to, and like I said, he's been doing it for over a year now. Wow. You know, so it, it's, if people want it, there's no reason why they can't get it. Right. right. You know, they just need to, you know, to be shown the, the direction and a little bit of help yeah. along the way. And those opportunities and possibilities, we have to make those things open for those who are looking That's for it. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because um, it was mentioned earlier about manifestations um, and probably about five or six weeks ago, I was sort of sat in my house thinking, I wish there was a horse I could ride the owner didn't need to didn't want to ride it just uh, I could come in and I could do what I want with it and and all the rest of it and just have this horse and I didn't have the costs involved mm-hmm. and I was like I know that if I put things like this out there they will come to me I know it and I just 
I had faith. And within, by the end of that week, I had a phone call saying, can you come and bring this horse into work? I don't want it to be a racehorse. So uh, this four-year-old thoroughbred has fallen in my lap <laughs> and now I can pretty much do what I like with him um, as long as he's gaining the experience he needs sort of for the future. Yeah. So it gives me something to do as well. So. That's powerful. Definitely. Put it in the universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exciting. And four is such a good age. Like, oh, yeah. it hasn't been ruined very much. <laughs> oh, no, it's really is young enough that you can teach them new tricks like four is a very good very good age yeah he's so good so i'm very i'm very lucky mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how does it feel i'll ask the question to both of y'all um you know being facilitators of this transformation like being able to see kids see you know older people like go through this this change once they get exposed to horses how does that how does that make you guys feel that's my motivation personally that i just love it i can't i can't explain it. you know my my sister asked me yesterday she's like well you know what inspires you to do it ashley and i was just like well Just seeing, just to seeing the change, you know, you see, you take somebody from one state and you, and you help them and you guide them and you support them, mm -hmm. however that looks and whatever, you know, whatever that might be. And then they end up in this state, but they're like flying and it, it's just, yeah, it's just motivating to, to be able to show people what they are, what their potential is. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, I guess I'm just overwhelmed with joy, you know, because a lot of the kids I work with, um, some of them are just afraid of horses, you know, or they're just really intimidated. So I'm not exaggerating. A lot of times they'll come in and they don't even want to step into the barn, you know, and they're crying like, why are we here? <laughs> but at the end of it, they don't want to leave. And it's just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I wish somebody was recording this. <laughs> wish yeah. we would have seen a picture of you crying and then a picture of your smile and then just before and after. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's just an overwhelming feeling. It's, it's a really great feeling just to know that I played a part in showing somebody the horse world and now they love it and they want to hopefully stay in it. I mean, these are little kids, you know, <laughs> their parents are going to have to do that part to keep them around the horses. But I do hope that they will grow to be awesome equestrians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Ashley, we came across uh, your story in an article that was just published um, some time ago in July. <laughs> um you said in the article that you think that like the lack of awareness um kind of contributes to why you don't see people of color in the horse industry very much um let's just talk about that for a second because i know you know us as black equestrians we're, we're trying to do our part in yeah. spreading this message but you know, we don't know what goes on in the UK. So tell us kind of what that scene looks like. What does it look like? 
Um, well, from from the article, um, there was a lot of negative comments. Uh, there was a lot of arguing, and I don't. It's difficult because there there are a few black riders around, but there's only a few that are willing to put their head above the parapet, you know, mm -hmm. and be like, woohoo, look at me, you know, this, this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, for whatever reasons, I, that, that's up to them. But I think at the moment, with everything that's happened recently, I think it's quite important that, you know, we in the minority Put a hand up and say, you know, I am in a question. I, you know, we are doing this. It doesn't have to be. I think a lot of people think that it's all competition as well, and it's not. It could be working in a stables. It could be working on the yard. It could be. Doesn't have to be all, you know. All about competition and what level. Preach. Um, but you know, when you're talking about the the kids, I, I personally think with the whole coronavirus and everything that's happened when the kids go back to school some of them will have been in really abusive situations and they those kids might not be statemented they might not have any diagnosis they might be completely flying under the radar so horses would be a really good way i think to bring into the schools mm -hmm. to help the kids with their uh, self-esteem emotional resilience all that kind of stuff but also just to be in the present with a horse you're in the present you're not thinking about what's going on at home what's happening later on you can't be if you're around them you have to be with them in that moment and i think that this would really help some of the kids going back into schools right and i think by doing that you're creating um an all-inclusive opportunity for kids to be around horses. Those that want to, great, let's take that further and see what that looks like. That might be the incentive that some of the kids with ADHD, you know, behavioral issues, mm -hmm. that might be the incentive and, and the thing that they need to help them um, focus in, you know, and doing some of their, you know, lessons or whatever it is. But like I said, it's not for everybody, but I think definitely for some children that would really work. Yeah, there's a lot of arguments at the moment, and it's just like let's not argue about it. Let's let's do something for everybody, and that way it brings everybody up. There's not a lot of black people role models, so let's not just try and chuck some in, you know, and, and give them a free ride when no one's asking for that. Mm -hmm. Let's start from the ground up and and bring everybody up together, and then everybody gets an opportunity and a choice my head is gonna roll off i know i'm just like yes yes this is, this is the same stuff we've been saying this whole time oh my yeah. goodness yes especially the part where it's not just people competing you mm. know as, like as far as, that's such a small amount there's so many more people that have horses that ride leisurely than yeah. there are that are in the show ring of some sort so i'm not, i'm not competitive right I'm not competi i'd like to be maybe but i'm not now yeah yeah and it's like you everybody is like sort of putting emphasis on people that are competing when 
I would just like to see more black people owning horses. Like that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Caring yeah. for them, patronizing veterinarians, patronizing trainers, patronizing, you know, everybody can can patronize these places and support these businesses and they don't have to compete at all. Yeah. You know, so we're we're missing out on that small that I mean it's not small, it's quite a large group of people, mm-hmm. you know, by just focusing on why aren't there black people showing? Like, no, that's not my question. Like, no. if you if you can get more black people into horse ownership yeah. and horse husbandry, they will feel more comfortable to show. Yeah. So, like yeah. you said, start from the bottom. You know, just get more representation all around, and then you'll start seeing the results of that once people become more comfortable. Yeah, should make a diagram like of a cycle of how this could work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And oh, I'm not very good at drawing. <laughs> <laughs> the other Leave thing that to you. <laughs> the other thing you said. Oh my gosh, I just um. I want to go back to what she was saying about how this would help kids who may have been in those um, I guess negative environments Mm -hmm. a lot of parents will reach out to me for um horseback riding lessons or horsemanship because they want to build their children's confidence and these are you know it's kids of color and they're like they're going through this phase they're entering teenage years and they don't want their children to fall into that that dark pit of social media and this is what you should look like when you're this age and this is what you should be doing, or these are the things that you should care about, but it's, it's nothing that would help them positively, you know, like it's all negative stuff, and it's like things that kids should be doing, so parents will reach out and say, hey, I just want her or his confidence to be boosted, or my child is suffering from anxiety, or they have depression, and nothing else is working, and it's just amazing. Like these parents don't have any background with horses at all. They're just like, I think horses would help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you get, you get, um, you know, there are some people that are are just not good in social situations and they just love animals. So, you know, whether it be horses or whether it be any other animal, there's plenty of jobs out there for people that aren't very social mm-hmm. that would you know, quite happily fit in just doing quiet things with animals and not having to interact too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We saw, I saw a post yesterday, um, this girl that I, that I know works with horses in Philadelphia. Um, she said, this little girl came out to the barn and I think she called her like bird girl or something like that. She had two parrots on her shoulders. I don't know if they were tied somehow, but they had bow ties on. And she right. rode on the horse with two parrots on her shoulders. Like, what? And she was like eight. Like she was <laughs> a little kid. <laughs> and I like I just happened to be scrolling and I was like, oh, it's a little girl with um oh, they were like parakeets or cockatiels, something like that. Um, uh, you know, with these little birds. And then I saw her on the horse and I was like, wait what 
this little girl and then i'm like her parents have got to be super cool because not only did you let your kid have birds that have bow ties but you let her go to riding lessons like the birds are out in the open like they weren't flying away i don't know if their wings were clipped or whatever but but then she was on a horse with the two birds they real? <laughs> yeah they were, <laughs> they were real. On purpose? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's what were, I'm thinking about. <laughs> Is this I think they were just pets. Like the oh. girl who posted them, she had a picture and she was holding one of them. Oh my oh, god. She was like, I got to play with them. But I'm like, are these like therapy birds? Like, do they help this girl feel, you know, calm or yeah. feel good? Like I didn't like research. A lot into it but i was like look at these little girl this little girl with these birds yeah. with those eyes like blew <laughs> my mind blew my mind so like you said caitlin i mean you know parents parents know their kids and they if if nothing else is working why not try horses yeah you know you get you know, when, when kids are doing things they enjoy, or people, for instance, they find it easier to talk. Mm-hmm. And quite often you find a lot of disclosures happen, you know, when a child's brushing the horse or, you know, any any kind of activity around animals, stables, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, even drawing, things like that, you know, when they're just, when they're just able to just be in the moment and, and do what they're doing, yeah, you get quite a lot they feel a bit more relaxed and able to open up about yeah. yeah so um what what vision do you have for the future what do you kind of plan on doing i know you got your four-year-old project but what does the future look like for ashley um when i was at school i always wanted to work with young offenders my eczema put, you know, sent me off into schools and I started, you know, I ended up working with ex-offenders. Um, now, what does my vision look like? This is a tough one because I don't know, because I say yes to, within reason, I just say yes. If I don't know how to do something, I just say, yeah, go on and then think, oh my God, how do I do this? Thank Even this Zoom you. stuff, I was, I sweating, you know. <laughs> meeting oh my god but you know I don't actually know I've got I love to do so much um when I worked uh sorry not when I worked years ago they used to have brat camp on like our UK TV and it was some of our kids from England would get shipped off to Arizona in the desert or on a ranch or something and then they would have to change their behavior and I always felt like, oh, I'd love to go to somewhere like that and see how they do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the future, it'd be, lo- it'd be amazing to be able to go to America or Canada and, and see how other people do it. Mm-hmm. But um, I, just, I just enjoy changing, helping people to change their lives using horses. I really enjoy it. They've changed my life, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah. Well, that's, I think whatever that, happens happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that would be that would be fun, like some kind of boot camp. Get out here and muck these stalls. <laughs> <laughs> to clarify, you mean Arizona, like over here where we are? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dang, what they got going on in Arizona? <laughs> the street. I'm, I'm always it was Arizona. Yeah, the desert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yeah, y'all. Woo. <laughs> Go out on like a, a dude ranch or something, have to corral the cows and all that. Yeah, that, all that, that stuff. That teaches character. Yeah. All y'all have to do is threaten me. <laughs> right, me right. <laughs> <laughs> you actually don't have to send me anywhere. Just tell me. No. Like, <laughs> I won't have horses anymore. And I'll straighten up just like that. <laughs> but yeah I think that is that's a good vision and I mean you know we could have a tv show around it also oh yeah well you know that'd be all right what was the show beyond scared straight yeah that would be cool though I'll tell you what would be cool I was just putting it out there I was thinking the other day about could you imagine if I could I'd love to be able to go to different places and do the different disciplines in with horses you yes. Like, yes. 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 <laughs> so we you, should just do that now. Okay. Right. You I know. I start. I was just. I was in the car. I was thinking about it yesterday, and I was just like, "Oh, I'd love to be able to just. Could would that be hilarious if I just had to go somewhere and, um, I don't know anything about the Icelandic horses, for instance. Mm-hmm. I know nothing, but mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to go and do something with them. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote it down. It's gonna happen. <laughs> Play polo or you know, right? Yes. Driving. I do that on film and just watch us fail or succeed. We're learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am all about that because I am in this place where, like, like I have my horses and whatnot. Like, but I don't know what I want to do next. Um, <laughs> what I thought I wanted to do next is yeah. kind of like fell by the wayside because it's really not that interesting it's not that much different than what I already do um so I'm like what next and Caitlin's like getting into mounted archery and I'm just like can I just like do everything for like two weeks and just just see what it's like (laughs) that's it that would be an amazing tv show it would be so if you're interested in producing that for us and you are watching this video, feel free to contact us. Yeah. I'm like a question. Yes. But Ashley has to come with us because yeah. Yeah. This, we're all going to, we're going to go to the UK. We're going to go get her and then we're going to travel <laughs> and then we're going to come back. I mean, yes. I'm happy to be a mascot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is gonna be a lot. Yeah, I'm so so excited. We'll make it happen. It's already written down. You know, we will manifest this into amazing things. I'm so excited. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) It'll probably happen before this episode even airs. Hey, y'all want to do a show? (laughs) Listen, my my daughter's 17. And um, what? So yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you look 17 okay I was, like, 17. Right. I, I was 17 when I had her yeah oh I was goodness. 17 so I sort of went from being a child to a parent you know I didn't didn't really do much in between I just went from that to that so now mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about childcare. it's just like okay what 
what could um, possibly be next? You know, what's what's going on? So yeah, you should yeah. do another episode. I'm not necessarily, that. you know, as restricted with with childcare as I was. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, is she in a horse? Not really, no. But she she enjoys coming with me, mm-hmm. and she enjoys brushing the horse. Um, but she's she would ride but she's just never taken it on i mean i didn't to be honest with you i didn't really push her because i feel like if a child is interested in horses Mm -hmm. they will have that about them and they will want to go and do it i am not about to push and say come on you're coming to the stables you know Mm -hmm. you're not that's not for you then that's not for you and i I get that so i'm the same way yeah it's 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 you know because you can have you can have good riders don't get me wrong but everything has been taught and it's not natural mm-hmm. do you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it, you know if if she was going to be into horses i'd want it to be like naturally and i'd mm-hmm. want her to naturally want to get on and naturally want to canter and gallop and jump and all the rest of it mm-hmm. yeah 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 she can she can stay over there and i'll do it all <laughs> I don't blame you one bit. People will ask me that about my daughters. I'm just like, I mean, they like them sometimes, but I'm not pressed for it, you know? No. Everybody has to have their own thing. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You know? right. And how do you get away from them if they always like to be around you? Exactly. Like <laughs> I don't even have kids, but I'm like, I mean, we're going to have some mommy time and I'm going to go over here and you do right. what you like and I'll do what I like. Everybody does what they like. (laughs) That is too funny to me. So Ashley, what advice would you give uh, aspiring equestrians today? I would say don't worry about what anybody else has to say focus on yourself and other people's opinions are based on their experiences Mm -hmm. so therefore it's not relevant to anybody else Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i think i think especially learning from all the whole black lives matter things there are a lot of I have a lot of white friends and some of the things they say, some people might say, oh, it's racist, but I say, oh, hang on a minute, hang on, because we were all raised similarly, you know, in a predominantly white area. So some of the things that I grew up with, I, I might not have realised actually why these things happen. Does that make sense? Like. You know, being the only black person on the mm-hmm. racing yard or, or in school, you know, there was very few black people. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was normal. Mm-hmm. So based on other people's experience, like it, everybody's got their own experiences, basically. And, and you can't, you can't, you can't go off of other, other people's opinions. You have to just work it out for yourself. Yeah, that's good advice. <laughs> advice I grew up similarly um and it's kind of like some situations that you're put in um 
whereas one person would be uncomfortable mm-hmm. you know it's like I grew up around all these white people like what's yeah. up like <laughs> you know there's there's a sense of like familiarity with with this space and so I felt yeah. like the horse industry was not much different you know mm. from just my normal upbringing so yeah you know there's some people out there like rah, rah, oh my god do that and it's like you know yeah this is this is what it's like you know it's always yeah. been like this and you know what do you do but I, I think that like you said with you know, the Black Lives Matter space and um, just dealing with the last few months, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of conversations have started that were not happening previously. So I think I was just talking to a lady and um, we were just talking about how how coronavirus like it sucks like it you know it's a horrible thing um but some of the good that has come out of just us having to stop and shut down and sit in our house and the only thing we have are these typey fingers you know looking at the internet and how this has allowed us to connect with people because we yeah. still we're humans we crave that connection and we can't have it physically so we're do, doing it virtually and how we probably wouldn't have even known of of all these black horse people if this had not happened it's a blessing in disguise yeah it really is like and um, um i'm part of the rural um sorry, the BAME and Rural Activities Focus Group um, on Facebook. And one of the committee meetings, it was um, a comment was made, not nothing negative, but it was just like, but how lucky are we to now be in a position to say, right, let's do something about it. Like, what an opportunity. Yeah. So, you know, it, feel sorry for you guys from before sort of thing but you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the most of these situations definitely mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> I I used to go racing I was always the only black person in the paddock right so we went to Aintree for the Grand National I had sunglasses on, I had a fascinator on, I had like red hair, I thought I, I'm standing out. If I don't stand out already, I'm standing out. I loved it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it actually. I, I embraced being in the minority mm-hmm. when I was in racing. Didn't bother me at all. But I'd definitely like to see more people in the sport included and, and making sure that they know that actually it is, it can, it is a sport for them. It, they can get involved. I didn't really realize I guess that I was a minority until um until I guess my college adult life sort of as far as the horse industry because I grew up around black cowboys and cowgirls black equestrians um and my family is extremely huge like my family is large <laughs> Um, and I've, I've just only been around that 
And I only noticed it when people pointed it out, you know, like, that's a white people thing. Okay, well, I don't see a bunch of white people doing it. I see my people doing it. <laughs> so my experience is totally different. But now I'm like, well, dang, I, you know, when I was younger, I wish I did have a book, you know, the books that I have now that have black equestrians in them. I wish I did see, I guess, more. Tractor Supply was like the only store I ever went to that had horse stuff. Um, but we just went in there to get horse feed and we left. I didn't look through the magazines and stuff like that because I already lived in it. Um, yeah. well, but I'm happy to play a role in that representation now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But even then, like we're a minority within a minority. We we mm -hmm. are in the horse community, but we are black people that grew up around other black people riding horses. Yeah. So I was just talking to this, talking about this with a lady earlier. Like we, we have something that other black equestrians have not experienced yet, you know? Mm -hmm. So they feel like a minority in their space, but we're like, Hey, here's like hundreds of other black horse people out here. Like you want to come and they're like mind blown. Yeah. You know? So we have a lady that's apparently she's gonna come from Colorado and come stay with us to go to a trail ride. <laughs> no way. Let's go. Yeah, she was like, we were we are coming. Like if I could hop on a plane tomorrow, I would be there. Oh um, so we have that to look forward to. But yeah, you know, we that's like with with this OG fest that we're hosting virtually, like we're gonna have black faces talking about the things that they are experts in and you know we're not gonna be it, it's gonna be home it, it's it's we're not gonna be like that minority within a minority anymore we're gonna share like all mm -hmm. of our experiences and just like hey like come on like these are your people these are yeah. our people so let's fellowship together and I'm super 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 excited about that so. I love I love the fact that everybody's connecting and, and I mean I, I went to Leicester um, last Thursday mm -hmm. um, and met with Freedom from yeah. the Urban Equestrian Academy. Oh, it's so nice to meet. It's so nice to meet him in person. It's like I've known him forever mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. a start, and it was just it was nice to meet some of these um, girls there, their setup and everything, and it was yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy getting out there and meeting people and you know you can do so much online don't get me wrong but you know mm -hmm. if if you really want to go and meet people you do it yes and you know I've got the time at the moment so I want to do it yeah so, yeah that's what we say if you really want to go get a truck go to yeah, a truck. You'll go get a truck <laughs> if you yeah. really want to go get a trailer drive yeah. eight hours to get that trailer like we <laughs> have been but yeah freedom oh my gosh we cannot wait like we have to coordinate getting him on this doggone show we just um, have to pop up on him <laughs> yeah we're just gonna have to be like hey pick up the phone real quick we need to do an interview yeah <laughs> but i remember well, well, i can vouch for you i can vouch for you i'll say to him i'll say oh yeah they're really great you should go on there yeah well i remember I remember, I will never forget the day that he brought the horses to the yard there um, that they have. He, you know, I remember going through his Instagram stories and um, 
I, I'm pretty sure he spent the night. He, he spent the night there yeah. the first night. And so maybe a week or two prior to that or something, he, he got this horse. And he's like posting pictures of her. Oh, you know, this donation. And I was like, oh my gosh, Freedom, that, that horse looks pregnant. And he was like, no, the, the lady just said she fat. <laughs> and the first night they moved those horses yeah. to the yard, he was posted in his story. And then he was like, he was a midwife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh shit, there's a baby. And I was like, <laughs> I told you, I told you that was like pregnant. <laughs> he was like, what the heck? Like, I heard some noises and I got up and there's a whole baby on the ground. He wouldn't have even had any of them gloves, would he? He wouldn't have no. even had one of those gloves. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it was so funny because it was just randomly in the day. I was just scrolling through and yeah. I was like, he's having a baby. <laughs> So I cannot wait to get him on an episode and just relive that moment over yes. and because I was like, Freedom, that horse looks pregnant. No, she just, she lives on air. Just like, loud. She, she just, <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> if you say so. Right. But I can't wait. But anyway, thank you so much for your time today. This was. Oh, thank you for having me. Yes, and we are going to have to chop it up with you more often because we got to get our show like going and stuff. So right, right, and and we've got a program to promote as well, haven't we? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, we do, we do. So, <laughs> all right, let let our people know where they can find you um, if they want to get in touch with you. Um, so Instagram is Miss Black Equestrian. Do I follow you? Oh, thank <laughs> Um, and I'm just on Facebook as Ashley Richard. Awesome. So just plain and simple. <laughs> Keep it simple. Don't worry, y'all. Yes, go follow her. Go follow her. So, <laughs> thank you again. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And oh, thank you. We'll let you know when this episode's going live. Cool. All right, y'all have a Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Young Black Equestrians. Head over to our Facebook or Instagram pages and let us know what you thought about that episode. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and have the opportunity to be featured in our next episode. See you next week.